where we just have this vision that if this diverse group of leaders form deep bonds and connection now, that wherever they go, whatever they do, wherever God calls them, as they carry these deep friendships and relationships, that will be a blessing for them and their communities and for the church in our nation. Welcome to Season 4 of the Surrender Podcast. I'm Craig Petty. And I'm Charlene Delasantos. This year, we're on a road trip to meet and reconnect with friends who are finding Jesus in the margins. Join us on the road and listen in to stories from around Victoria, in Adelaide, Sydney and beyond, leading up to a national gathering in Melbourne 2023. Here's a chance to listen and learn from those who might have walks different to our own. We're hoping you come away inspired to live out the radical call of Jesus amongst the margins. Young leaders from culturally diverse backgrounds have been transformed in life and leadership through the Surrender Leadership Program. Today we speak with Program Director Ben Chong, along with graduates Rena and Chanel. Ben is second generation Malaysian Chinese and lives on Gubby Gubby Country, Sunshine Coast with his wife Chelsea, we first met at a Surrender Conference. After launching via Zoom, it was such a joy to have the first ever cohort gathering in Nam, Melbourne, earlier this year. Ben, maybe um, I'll get you to just introduce where you're podcasting from, and then maybe can you just share a little bit about Chanel and Rita? Is that okay? Yeah, sure. Yes. Well, I am podcasting from my home in Majimba, Gubby Gubby Country in Sunshine Coast. And um, Chanel and Rena are both SLP family. What's SLP? Rina, SLP is a surrender leadership program. And um, Rena was one of our very first and was with us for a couple of years. And Chanel um, joined, they overlapped. Chanel joined in Rena's last year and has been with us for um, the last couple of years. And they ended up, they didn't know each other, but um, ended up meeting on one of Rena's placements at Janelle's workplace. Oh, cool. About what mm-hmm. they did. And, yeah, they both just turned up to one of the gatherings just on the same camera. And we're like, oh, there you go. <laughs> they yes. together. Yeah. Um, That's I, great. I greatly appreciate them both. They love Jesus fiercely. They love people fiercely. They um, recognize that leadership isn't the main event that following Jesus is, and leadership's the overflow of that and they love people well, and I've learned lots from both of them, and I am excited other people get to hear their wisdom. That's great. And Chanel and Rena, where are you podcasting from? From Adelaide, oh, in Ghana country. From Chanel. <laughs> from Chanel's <my> <laughs> room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Ben, can you tell us about what that SLP, the Surrender Leadership Program, is about and why uh, our other guests are in the room with us today and a little bit about how the journey unfolded of discovering this thing that you now call Surrender Leadership? Yeah, I mean, it's a a big story. Um, The Surrender Leadership Program exists to equip and serve emerging leaders from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds in Australia, most of whom are from under-resourced communities. It's a long line. Um, We've been been around three years, and um, some of it's come out of my own story of um, being a second-gen Chinese Malay growing up in a dominant Caucasian culture, and I'm very grateful for a lot of the leadership spaces that I've been in but was always aware that I didn't quite fit in. I wasn't, I wasn't normal. Um, and I had to learn to potentially 
live and speak in a way that uh, maybe isn't fully who I am to be able to fit in those spaces. Um, it always kind of felt like my own cultural heritage or story wasn't an asset or a gift or a strength or anything really worth knowing about that I bring to leadership. Mm. Um, I think I also noticed the my wife Chelsea and I um, were having lunch around our picnic table once and we were talking to a First Nations leader and she was talking about her leadership journey and she was just lonely and exhausted and pretty close to burnout. And after five minutes, she stopped and she just said, this is the most anyone's ever listened to me talk about my leadership journey. Mm-hmm. And this is a leader who's connected to, uh, who has eldership and has pastors and ha- they're connected with a bigger church and uh, who have supervisors and everything. But she just said, no one's really listening. And that was a story that we heard as we talked to many leaders from around all over Australia, all kinds of different demographics. And then when Charles and I went traveling, we, we traveled the world for seven months, living a month at a time in different communities. And we wanted to understand how people stayed in love with Jesus before working for him, mm. um, how they built strong and healthy marriages and raised children who loved Jesus, didn't feel, didn't feel sacrificed to ministry uh, in the mission field and what their rhythms of rest looked like in practice and what they did to remain hopeful and joyful in difficult places and circumstances. And those are big questions and we, and we learned so much. One of the things we saw along the way was how fiercely intentional people were about rest that but the way they did it every, every day, every week, month, year, seven years as individuals, families, and community. And the other piece where we saw they were really sustainable because everywhere we went, someone, like there were people there who'd been doing it at least 20 years and were going well, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the other pieces was the way that they were going about raising up local leadership and one of the challenges that people had encountered and moved away from is that um, a common mission model is somebody from our kind of community goes overseas, commits to living in and amongst the um, community where they place themselves. They come with the support of their own communities, their funding and everything like that. They raise up local leaders, but then those local leaders don't have access to the same kind of networks. They don't have the same kind of funding. And so it creates this kind of stuck piece where the person who relocated is now a perpetual fundraiser. Um, but we, we saw some other models around asset-based community development, starting with the strengths and gifts of what's there, building on what's available, what God's already doing. And we just saw how significant it is to release people who are already from those places to do what they are uniquely positioned to do. And the way we just saw God doing incredible things and resources coming and, and the sense of dignity, I think we see when, when leaders and communities owned their own growth. Mm. Um, it was a really significant, beautiful lesson for Chelsea and I. And so we came home and we just we were praying and dreaming and going, what do we do with all of this, God? And it's where the dream of the SLP emerged. And, um, yeah, and, and we began to be the passage from Isaiah 61 came really significant, the image of those who are poor, broken, hard, downtrodden, oppressed, who um, we planted as oaks of righteousness for, to display God's splendor, to rebuild what's been broken, restore what's been destroyed. Um, I think that's just such a, mm-hmm. such a beautiful image. And for so many of the leaders in the SLP, they come from stories that have some significant hardship. Um, and 
yet what we see and what I see, what we see in them too is God doing such an incredible thing. And um, we, we go, what, what if one of the best things we can do with our privilege and position and opportunities and platform is to use it to elevate them to do what only they can do where they are. Mm. That's great, Ben. And so along the way, you've come across a cohort of leaders that you're working with. Do you want to describe um, some of them, what that leadership family is like, and then maybe intro our guests, Chanel and Rena as well? Yeah, yeah. So um, I don't know what the exact number of cultures is, but we've had people from all over the globe. We have first, second, third gen leaders um, from First Nations peoples from um, Southeast Asia, from um, Egypt, screeners from Egypt, um, from Africa, from um, all over the globe. And over half of the SOP participants have lived in the majority of their life in refugee camps. And they are all placed within the communities committed to serving God and loving people in their communities. Um, in doing a range of things, we have um, teachers and social workers and counsellors and pastors and musicians and creatives. We have, they do everything. And, um, yeah, and Chanel and, and Rena have been part of that group. So maybe, Chanel, you want to start about, like, tell us a bit about your context and how you became involved with the Surrender Leadership Program. Yeah. Um... Gosh, I would have answered this question super differently six months ago. Um, I've spent a lot of my adult life working in um, like community social work kind of uh, fields, particularly with um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in the Adelaide city experiencing homelessness. Um, I've done that a lot of, yeah, the last maybe six years and then about five months ago I became an instant mum and I started fostering a little 10 month old girl Jessica mm. she's sassy and incredible um, and so, yeah my context has changed a lot I don't um, work so much anymore but I'm I'm learning what leadership in the home looks like and leadership mm. with tiny little people who have their own way of thinking and doing things um, but a lot of my leadership development and growth has come out of youth ministry and worship ministry particularly in the local church that's where my heart is and mm. gathering people around hospitality and food and um yeah stepping kind of more out of the workspace and making space for ministry and home and that kind of thing um how did I get involved in the SLP <laughs> interestingly mm. enough um <laughs> Ben and I have a mutual friend who referred me for the SLP and actually mm. Ben, I haven't apologised for this. She forgot to tell me that she'd referred me and so I got this call out of the blue from Ben and I was really convinced that he was like, I don't know, a pyramid scheme or a telemarketer. <laughs> <laughs> Look out. <laughs> and I made it really clear to him that I wasn't interested in whatever program he was trying to <laughs> then you might have to pitch in I think I either hung up on him or was like oh, no, no I'm not interested and then when I actually gave him the time of day to explain what he was talking about and that he knew my friend 
was, I had to do a double take and <laughs> I accidentally kind of played a bit hard to get getting into FLP. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just goes to show how good my marketing scheme is, right? <laughs> <laughs> I got you. <laughs> a couple of calls, didn't it? So. <laughs> but I think that's how I got into the SLP and it was kind of by accident, but it's one of the best decisions I've made. So mm, Nice. And how about you, Irina? Can you tell us a bit about the context you're in and how you got involved with the SLP program? Sure. I feel like that answer has also massively changed over the last two years. Mm -hmm. So when I first met Ben, I was doing my apprenticeship at an international Christian group on campus. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was serving there for two years with other international students. I've been part of them ministry as an international student myself for three years and then I felt like God was calling me to be in that space um, around the people who I feel like have been in the same boat in a different country to theirs and just trying to find Mm -hmm. a place in you know a new country and figuring out um, yeah their faith journey and and it was a privilege being part of that so that's when I started um, connecting with that with Ben um that's where I was and now I'm in social work funnily enough um doing assessments for foster care but I didn't assess (laughs) I didn't (laughs) (laughs) that would have been fun I would have like tick 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 (laughs) it's great Hey, what I'm intrigued about, and I guess the journey of leadership takes different shapes and forms and has been something you've really been focusing on over the last little while. But both of you said that you would um, you would have described it differently six or 12 months ago or whatever. How would you have described that differently and why has that changed? I think context has 100% changed for me in the last mm-hmm. six months. Completely. I, I think who I am is is changing and has changed and um like one of the biggest things actually I'll I'll save that for later Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm learning how to do and that I've grown a lot in over the last 12 months has Mm -hmm. been like going at a sustainable pace Mm -hmm. (laughs) and learning how to rest and and go slowly and that's something that I've been able to do really intentionally through SLP and coaching and um yeah through I guess gentle accountability and celebration along the way um is make signposts of what yeah what progress am I making and and what's the tangible expression of that and so I think I'm a much less frantic and fast-paced person than I was six months ago or 12 months ago even two years ago when I met Ben (laughs) um yeah and that's something I'm really thankful for about the process of being an SLP Mm. about you Anna context has definitely changed like I'm no longer in full-time ministry but I guess what changed for me in terms of context is starting to see like ministry as anywhere you are what I've loved about surrender leadership is that what it has required of us as participants is like our presence first Mm. and our ability to be in a room with one another and to listen to stories and each other's hearts and to make space for that and I've never been a part of a program that's valued that so highly 
that's been what's yeah been the most incredible to me is that yeah there's not a lot of content there's not a lot of stuff to do and be and learn and take away except to be together um, to open space to storytell and to share and to pray together and mm-hmm. and know each other and yeah it's meant so much to me because I've made friends through SLP that I would now like call my family and I've spent mm-hmm. hardly any time face to face with these people and yet I know them so well and that's mm-hmm. what I love yeah you mentioned that you haven't been part of leadership spaces that work the way that we work that um display the values that we have the same kind of way and that and that approach learning and transformation this way what has it taught you about leadership or about how people change It's a good question, Ben. I think I would just like to ask Chanel and Rena that question. <laughs> I'd like to echo that. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking time. <laughs> I feel, because I felt like through my sessions and Ben, I felt like my voice was really valued and something that I was always reminded by from Ben and our time together is that uh god is speaking to me um so i think i think it taught me the importance of seeing god at work in people um and i i think also the value of relationships relationships to to bring about fruit from for ministry um because I think listening for me was a big thing. And because I was really listened to and I experienced the impact of that, it made me want to listen really deeply to other people. Mm. And it made me want to ask questions and just hold people's stories and where they add in life. Yeah, I think a lot of leadership spaces that I've been in unintentionally but inevitably can say like do more be better Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, even accidentally in christian spaces as well Mm -hmm. like there's always stuff to do there's um, a job to get done there's something to present Mm -hmm. uh, to put on for people whether that's ministries or uh, programs or but what i have found really unique and what i've learned a lot from um, with the slp is that yeah, it really enforces, reinforces what God is like and what becoming more like Christ is like. Mm-hmm. It's not just trying harder and being better um, or at least trying to hide <laughs> the stuff that is less than um, less than up to scratch for somebody else to see, mm-hmm. but to bring your whole self, all of the mess, um, the journey, the story, mm-hmm. where God has been and how he has worked through especially all the messy stuff and mm. to trust that he's using it for something. And yeah. I, I think every time I've, I've gathered with other SLP leaders and been able to hear their stories, that's the resounding um, echo of, of them is that God is up to far more than we know and can see. And that's encouraging to be able to hear that from mm. one another and to be able to be encouraged by 
even if I can't see God at work in my own life, in my own context, in the middle of whatever is happening, like there are, there's 12 people in the room, there's 12 other ways mm. he's at work right now in what mm. for them. And most of the time it starts off with something hard. And so, yeah, it's taught me a lot about what becoming more like Christ is like. So one of the one of the features, I guess, is making sure that the cultural linguistic diversity is celebrated. How does that add richness and difference to the experience in a way that you haven't uh, been able to experience in other places? Ben, you could answer that as well. It's it's significant to be in a space with people who look like you. Um, or even if they don't look like you, but um, where you have a shared story of uh, living and loving and serving in Australia, often in context with lots of people who do not share the same cultural, ethnic, linguistic backgrounds as you. Um, So that's been a really wonderful thing. I know for some of the leaders it's met a safety that they haven't experienced elsewhere. Not that mm. other spaces are like intentionally unsafe, but it's been mm. a safety. We think a lot about space making and like, as you've heard from Rena and Chanel, like a lot about safe spaces or brave spaces, you know, like spaces that encourage people to, to bring their stories and explore all of it. So I think that's one of the gifts and for the gifts, you know, like they're talking about God often works through our own pain and, and needs and, I think some of this has come out of my own man, I wish there was a space like this for me, you know. Mm. So that's been a gift. And I think we we have this vision that we that we inherited from Charlene and Uncle Billy and Nick White and the crew who do Surrender Campfire, where we just have this vision that if this diverse group of leaders form deep bonds and connection now that wherever they go, whatever they do, wherever God calls them, as they carry these deep friendships and relationships, that will be a blessing for them and their communities and for the church in our nation. Mm. Uh, that there are connections between Chin Burmese, Korean Burmese, Cameroonian, Vietnamese, Samoan churches across Australia. Like that's a beautiful vision, you know, that, that the church knows itself, loves each other, mm. works together ministers together i think that's i think that's really exciting mm. Mm. and i just remember in our meetings as well when we'd have like people from all you know like different backgrounds and just hearing how god is working in their context and different cultures and then bringing that together as ben was saying i was like wow i'm learning so much from your experience i'm learning so much from what you're sharing and just opens my eyes to different cultures and how Jesus is in, in those different cultures, like all, all can be one in Christ and, and you get to hear those stories firsthand. And I, I, yeah, it's, it's just a beautiful experience and opens your eyes to the wider body of Christ, like Ben was sharing. Um, I'm curious, um, you've all mentioned stuff about restfulness sustainability being present um not being as frantic and go 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 um what are some of i guess some of your practices daily practices or seasonal practices that have helped um 
counter, I guess, the stuff that, you know, lots of the, the, the things we get in, um, you know, in our culture, in um, kind of this grind culture of producing things and doing stuff. What are some of the practices you've been able to put in place or through this coaching um, that Ben's, you know, yeah, been able to kind of explore with you maybe? Um, can you share a little bit about what that looks like for yourselves? Well, yeah, as I said earlier, my whole world has transformed in the last five months being dictated by nap time and <laughs> meal time and bedtime. And, um, one of the really important ways that I've been able to make space to rest and, and rhythms of stillness with God has been setting aside I hope that there are parents that tune in <laughs> and this is yeah. good for them. Um, setting aside the first nap time of the day to pray and read and, and listen to God and and to bring whatever energy I have left, even though it's only 9.45 a.m. <laughs> um, <laughs> and just be still with him and listen and sit and wait for him to speak or um, to learn something new about who he is in his word and, without feeling guilty that there are things to do or, mm. yeah, lots to be done. Yeah, so I, I have been able to develop, like, that unapologetic way of making space to spend time with God. Mm. That's been what has sustained me through what has been a crazy upheaval life as I know it. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. So I might need to revise in three weeks when we also um get jessica's baby brother jacob he's four wow <laughs> and oh, wow a, a recent decision to take him on as well so Brilliant. i have no idea how to navigate that ben you have to i'll <laughs> <laughs> just ask you some questions <laughs> <laughs> no more questions <laughs> <laughs> amazing that's a key thing isn't it not feeling guilty about something yeah. just taking the time yeah. oh 100 I, th I think if i was to answer that question like my um number one would be i've learned to be kind to myself mm -hmm. you know like i used to be so you know disciplined it's like showing up and you got to do the thing but mm -hmm. having two children means i have to show up in different ways you know and i have to be kind to myself because mm -hmm. god's not disappointed in me he delights in me we know that and so I actually have to put myself in spaces where I remember that he delights in me however I show up, just the fact that I am choosing to show up. Mm. And um, so there's a principle I talked about with some of the leaders just recently that uh, what we see with Jesus is that increased influence calls for increased intimacy. Mm. But often what we, what we are pulled to do instead is increased influence leads to increased intensity. And uh, we just go run harder, do more, like I like, was saying, be better. Or things are going wonderful so why not the, what we see is like the more that people want of jesus the more he retreats to be with the father and he knows that it's not the need that's his calling it's not the endless amount of people asking of him that's the calling it's to know his father and to be with him and to trust him and to follow his voice right and so whatever it looks like now, I've just learned to be kind and just show up in whatever ways I can show up. And some of that practice right now looks just like stealing time in the morning and in the afternoon and in the evening, you know, waking up 10 minutes earlier than my child at 4.30 in the morning just to spend mm -hmm. a little moment. Mm -hmm. um, and, and 
putting in the things. I've just been able to return to having, um, I, I used to have monthly half prayer days and quarterly full prayer days. And I know that's not possible for a lot of people, but um, I just found they were so important to get away as often as I could just to listen and got to do that again just last week um, and highly recommend right. to anybody. It feel, when it feels like the calendar says you can't, that's the time to do it the most. I feel like recently for me, it's realizing when I'm doing something in my own strength and and just, yeah, I, like the truth that the Holy Spirit brings in that time, like you're not meant to be doing it in your own strength. It, it's meant to be in his strength. So I think once I realize that I have to stop and just regather and be like, God, I really need you and I really need you to just show up in your power um, like right now. True. Yeah, Great. I love it. We were up in Sydney recently and Ben asked this question of a bunch of different leaders that we were connecting with and it was fascinating to hear their, um, their responses and their musings in taking complex things down to a very simple sort of answer. So if you could each give 1,000 young leaders some advice in one sentence, what would you say? Yeah, mine's a rip-off of a quote from Robert Mulholland, but it just, it's, a, it's some words that have spoken to my heart and haunted me for, like, last couple of years, it's, but it's been significant. So he says, we are not called to be for God in the world. We are called to be in God for the world. Yeah. What would you say, Charlene? I think I answered this one time, but I think I'd say, <laughs> I'd say learn to talk to the birds and animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Francis. Yeah, it would be. And, and discover God in the midst of that somehow. Yeah. In terms of just the slowing down of practice, that sort of being present. Nice. How about you, Craig? Oh, well played, Charlene. Mm. Uh, in Sydney, <laughs> in Sydney, I answered it. Don't don't aim at how you think it should all turn out, but just go the journey and serve God and people, and allow the adventure to um, to take you to where take you to where you didn't expect to go. It's mm. a long. Mine's a long sentence. Seven columns in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I've got an editor friend who thinks that semicolons or says that semicolons should only be used in emergencies, but I'm all <laughs> for semicolons. They can keep the sentence going longer. Love that. Love that. I love semicolons actually. Yeah, exactly. All right, Charlene's going to finish us off with our fast five questions. Yeah, which we like to ask all our guests. Uh, but I just want to say thank you so much for sharing all this amazing wisdom and your experiences. Yeah. And we've really appreciated, um, yeah, just hearing from you. And I'm sure lots of our yeah audience listening in as well. Um, but yeah, I've got five uh, questions to ask. So fill in the blank. Surrendering to Jesus means, Rena, you want to go first? Ben. <laughs> <I'm> passing. Passing. <laughs> Trust and obey. 
Okay, beautiful. Following Jesus' example. Nice. Trusting that his will is taking place. Nice. Thanks. And what is your favourite type of music, Chanel? This is supposed to be a fast answer, right? Yeah. Fast. So I won't ask <laughs> the question. What I do have on repeat, though, is the Fisher-Price musical toy songs. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my favourite, but definitely on the The moment. In this season. <laughs> Excellent. Marina, how about yourself? Uh, probably instrumental post-rock. Oh, instrumental post-rock. Nice. <laughs> and how about you, Ben? Um, you can see the guitar next to me, but my like, entire guitar repertoire is just party songs. So I'm just learning from playing years of years at the back of the bus with red frogs. Oh. Just songs people to sing badly together. So <laughs> nice. that's what I that's what I'm into. Nice. <laughs> and if you could have coffee with a hero of the faith, living or dead, who would it be? Rena, you got one? Also keeps changing. But <laughs> I'd say for this season, I'd want to have coffee with Peter, the disciple. <gasps> oh. Nice. nice. Good one. <laughs> ah, Chanel the same. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can come to That's so funny. That's great. I have one question. The most important question for Peter, though, is yeah. in the Gospel of John, it talks about how the resurrected Jesus appeared to John and Peter on the shore. I want to know, Peter, why did you put your coat on to jump in the water <laughs> to go and meet Jesus? Have you guys noticed that? <laughs> I haven't noticed that. He's fishing and he puts his jumper on yeah. and, and jumps in. Now you say it. Now you say it. I'm going to be distracted by it. Why? <laughs> I think I think the person I would like to sit down with is my great-grandmother, who is the first Christian in my family line. I don't have a lot of connection to my oh. family story and I would love to understand. Wow. That's very really? really cool. Nice. And if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? Israel. Israel. Dubai. Dubai. Nice. Sri Lanka. Mm. Excellent. And lastly, what is one thing that you're deeply grateful for right now? I'm really grateful for faith. I've just been realising how it's a gift and I'm really grateful that God gives the gift of faith when it's needed mm -hmm. I am deeply thankful that I get to be with my tiny little son in three weeks <laughs> yeah that's awesome yeah wonderful and Ben um and I and it seems like I'm trying to wrap it up with a little bow but I'm I'm deeply grateful for people like Rena and Chanel and you guys that I get to spend my life doing stuff like this with people like them I think and what a what an honor and a privilege so yeah we're thankful for you Ben Ben if people wanted to find out a little bit more about um the surrender leadership program where should they go what should they do yeah well if you are a leader between 20 and 35 from a culturally linguistically diverse background in any kind of leadership role can be paid, voluntary, informal. Um, you can go to surrender.org.au slash leader and nominate yourself, please do. And 
Otherwise, you can. <laughs> I'm being heckled by the by the leaders. Um, so yeah, please please nominate yourself. Nominations are open. Um, you can learn more about the program if you'd love to pray for us, support us at surrender.org.au slash leader. Uh, we also are doing a fundraising campaign later this year too to be able to make it possible for next year's cohort. So pray for us, support us, um, chat to us. We'd love to talk and nominate anyone or yourself. It'd be great. <laughs>